Hello and welcome to the podcast. My name is Dr. Louise and I help the survivors of toxic parents build systems to feel understood, experience deep healing and move forward from the past. Now today we're talking about an issue that came up in my Facebook group. So if you don't know, um, I host a Facebook group called the Survivors Plaza and a member of that group quite, you know, just very organically struck up this conversation about um, a thing they hear in the world a lot that really rubs them the wrong way. And that kind of inspired today's topic. So I'm talking about why assuming parents do the best they can is harmful to survivors. Now you've probably heard this as a, as a thing people say to each other, especially if there's maybe a newer parent around and, you know, they, they maybe are feeling a little insecure about their parenting, right? Maybe they're feeling like, oh, you know, I'm not sure I'm doing the right thing by my kid. And somebody will be I'm like, that's okay. You don't have to be perfect. Just do the best that you can, All right? This is the thing we sometimes say to comfort uh, parents, new parents, especially. Uh, this is also a thing that we say to diminish the harm of um, people's parents once they're they're an adult or a teenager, right? So maybe you've you've had the experience where you were talking about some harm that your toxic parent did to you, and somebody perhaps well-meaningly but definitely offensively turns to you and says, "Well, I'm sure they were just doing the best that they could." right? It's a way to say like, oh, well, don't be too hard on them. Um, they were just doing what they could at the time. And you don't have a right to have a feeling about how effective or ineffective that was, right? It's a thing that people will often say as uh, an attempt to get us to be quiet, for one, um, about what happened to us and to really like give an excuse for the harm that our toxic parent caused. Now, I myself am not a parent. I don't have children at this point, um, but I do have enough knowledge of the parenting space to know it is hard to be a parent. It is very demanding. There's a lot of things you got to do. And I understand the the desire to, to acknowledge that, you know, parents aren't perfect and sometimes they make mistakes. However... <laughs> When we're talking about toxic people, we're on a totally different level than that general advice. And like so many things in society that are targeting kind of the, the general audience, whatever that is, right? To like focused on the, the average, the typical experience. Of course, we know there's no such thing as typical experience, but there's lots of, there's lots of advice that's kind of oriented towards whatever that would look like. You know, we're not talking about experiences we had with our parents where like mom got a little bit too mad at us because uh, she hadn't eaten in 12 hours. No, we're not talking about that kind of level. We're talking about consistent, long-term abuse. This isn't dad was having a bad day. This is I am walking on eggshells because I know if I say the wrong thing at the wrong time, everything's going to explode. And being in that state for long periods of time, right? This kind of advice, this, oh, well, they were doing their best, is kind of saying that all of the problems that, you know, your parent, all the bad things your parent might have done was really just because, um, you know, they're not perfect. 
And, and it's true. It's true. Toxic people are not perfect, but it's a lot more extreme than that. The situation is a lot more severe. So this general habit that society has, this, this value that society promotes, that we should just accept or dismiss any of the harm that parents cause on the grounds that they were doing the best they can is a stinking pile of crap if you are the survivor of a toxic parent. That is just not, not our experience. And you know, this message is around a lot. You might've heard it directly when you were talking about some of the challenges of um, your own toxic parents, but you'll hear it in, in movies. You'll hear it in, you know, you'll see it in the Instagram self-help space. If you go look at parenting stuff, which for some reason I, I like hanging out in those spaces, even though I'm not a parent, I think it helps me see like, okay, where, where did my parents really suck? <laughs> like when I see people actually honestly trying and, you know, trying to do right by their kids, um, it helps me to remember that some people are authentically trying to do right by their children. Um, cause that wasn't, that was not my lived experience with my parents. Um, so, you know, you, you hear this kind of, kind of advice around, right. Where it's like, oh, well, you know, just do the best that you can. It's going to be okay. Like the kid's going to be basically fine. And that, I think that stuff holds true. If you're dealing with a, uh, not severely mentally ill parent, right. When we're talking about abusive people, we were talking about people with personality disorders. Um, the best that they can is often abusive and it's not okay. It's not permissible. It's, it's not something that we should diminish. It's not something that we should dismiss. So this kind of general advice has that impact on us survivors. So I really want to break it down in today's episode and talk about like, why does this get to us so much as survivors? You know, why, why did, you know, in the Facebook group, like a lot of people chimed in when this survivor shared that, you know, she's getting real sick of this advice of like, oh, don't be too hard on your mom. Don't be too hard on your grandma because, you know, they were doing their best. <laughs> and like, I felt, I felt the rage. I felt the rage when she was sharing it. And it, it looked like a lot of survivors in the group, you know, had similar experiences with this kind of advice. So today we're exploring you know, why, why does this rub us the wrong way? I think it's really important to take this moment and notice and explore why is this getting to us? Because it often gives us some insight into ourselves and it also can help us protect ourselves. So when we do encounter this kind of rhetoric in the world, again, we're in a better position to not have it bother us. Okay. So the first, the first point I want to make about this kind of advice, why does it rub us the wrong way? I think, especially for me, you can tell me if you agree or not, but I think one of the reasons that this advice is so obnoxious, right? Or this way to dismiss the harm that toxic people have created, right? Is that it, it fundamentally erases our experiences with toxic parents, right? When, when I think about my own experience with my toxic parents, you know, one of the things, um, if you don't know this, my mother's Jewish and um, by Jewish law, I am also Jewish because um, that goes through your mom. And uh, one, one thing my family used to do is celebrate Hanukkah. And, you know, one of the times I was, I was in a moment with my mother where I, I was feeling a little bit better. Um, feeling a little bit more optimistic about what kind of relationship I could have with her when I was in high school. 
and things were going okay, maybe not the not not awesome. But when I think about like what happened the very last time I ever wanted to celebrate Hanukkah, and I think about how my mother chose knowing that I was waiting for her at home to do the Hanukkah celebration, she chose intentionally to stay with her business friends. And she was not at a business meeting. Uh, my mother was self-employed at the time. Um, we could talk about that. But, you know, she she it's not like her boss was expecting her to be there. She was the boss. She was not doing a business meeting. She was literally hanging out with her business friends. And she decided rather than come home when she had agreed to, she was going to stay at this event until basically I needed to go to bed. All right. I was in high school. I was getting up at six in the morning. Yeah. I had a much more regimented schedule than she did because she was self-employed and it was all, you know, very kind of um, organic how she moved through her day. When I think about that, like I can't, my mom was not trying her best when she chose to stay with her business friends over celebrating Hanukkah with me. That was not trying her best. There's no way it would not have been a difficult thing for her to excuse herself from these friends and to come and show up for the thing that her daughter was looking forward to. When you try to say like, oh, well, don't talk bad about your mom because she was trying her best. You're taking that kind of experience that I had where I know for a fact she was not trying her best, right? I know with certainty that that's not the case. You are trying to erase that experience from my past. You're trying to say that's not true. It kind of has echoes of gaslighting here, right? It kind of feels like somebody is telling you things that you know for a fact happened, that you know for a fact of what the situation looked like. And they're trying to tell you that's not true. And that sucks. It sucks as a survivor. We have had enough gaslighting from toxic people. We do not need supposedly well-meaning people from society to be doing the same kind of stuff to us when honestly they are not in a position, right? This, your aunt who's telling you don't be hard on your mom because she was trying her best. Your aunt doesn't have enough information to know if your mom was trying her best or not. You're the one that knows that because you're her daughter. You're the one that has the expertise in that. These people don't know what they're talking about. They're just trying to make you feel bad. And then like in that, in that process, they are trying to erase your experiences. I can think of the same stuff with my father, right? My dad was not trying his best when he made sure I was always the last kid picked up from school, despite him working for himself from home. I did not live far from my high school. I lived a bit too far to walk. And I was, I was in marching band in high school. If you didn't know that I played, I played a lot of instruments, but I mostly played tenor saxophone and trumpet um, at different points in high school. And so I would have rehearsal a lot um, after school. So, you know, there was like, I'd be hanging out at the band room. And when my father was responsible for picking me up, he always made sure that I was the very last kid. I would have other parents take pity on me. <laughs> they would legitimately feel bad for me and offer me a ride, despite the fact that I lived in a different direction than their, than their family, right? Like he was doing this intentionally because he didn't want me to ask him for a ride. He was trying to manipulate the situation so that by default, I wouldn't ask him because it was so obnoxious, not to mention unsafe. I'm like alone, 
right? Because it's the way after school has ended. I'm like alone, alone, alone on campus as a high schooler sitting around waiting for my dad to show up. That is not trying his best. No way. He wasn't working a kind of job where he needed to be at home. He just chose consistently to not show up for me. That was, that was his choice. It's not trying his best. So one of the reasons this kind of advice is really harmful to survivors, this assumption that parents are always doing the best, their best, is that it actually tries to erase our experiences with our toxic parents. So I've got a couple more points I want to think about um, on why this really can get to us as survivors. But before we do that, we're going to take a moment and hear a word from our sponsor. So another reason this assumption that parents are doing the best they can hurts us as survivors is that it's just yet another way that us survivors are made to feel isolated, right? Like, it's great. It's so great to be reminded that most parents are trying to do right by their kids. So wonderful. I'm so happy for them. <laughs> but like, that is not my life. And it just, you know, every time I hear this kind of, this kind of comment, I just, it, it, in my heart, I feel reminded. I feel painfully forced to look at my own wounds again and be like, that's right. My life is not like the lives of the people around me. For those other people, it's probably true that their parent was doing the best that they could. But that's that's not true for me. It couldn't possibly be because I know that my parents are capable of doing better because at times they did. When it suited their needs, when it made them look good or feel good, they would show up and do the things. But as soon as it was about what I needed or what was important to me, suddenly they had a million reasons they couldn't show up. They had a million excuses. And, I, you know, I already knew, I already knew at just being a child existing with this kind of situation that that was not common. You know, that other parents did authentically try and show up for their kids. And I do not need any more reminders that my experience is different than the experience of many of the people around us. One of the biggest challenges I think survivors face is, is feeling isolated. It seems like the whole world has, you know, something like Mary Poppins or the Leave it to Beaver family where like everything's rainbows and butterflies and, you know, everything works out just like a Disney original TV show. <laughs> Right? And like, here I am over here being like, oh my God, like it's hard to get through the day because I don't know what crap my parents are going to dump on me. It makes you feel really alone. It, it does. And a lot of survivors already have issues with feeling safe enough to build social relationships, right? Because we've been harmed a lot. It's a lot of work for us a lot of personal inner work to put ourselves out there to be vulnerable so that we can build authentic connections. And when we get these messages from society or somebody telling us like, oh, well, your mom is just trying her best. Like it's, it's just salt in the wound, right? We, we already are feeling isolated and alone. We don't need more reminders that other people's experiences are very different than our own. 
this this assumption that parents are doing the best they can suggests that everyone's parents' intentions are the same, that they are unified. And we're just, there's something wrong with us as survivors, right? I mean, we're too sensitive to it, or maybe we're too dumb or too stupid to figure it out, or we're somehow just misunderstanding what was going on. Uh, let, let me tell you, I don't know, I don't know how you feel about your past as a survivor, but for me, I feel very confident that I understood what was going on to me. I didn't understand all of it. Um, there were some levels of abuse that I couldn't comprehend when it was happening to me, especially when I was a kid. But I knew that things were busted. I knew that my mom had abandoned me in various ways. I knew that my mother was neglect, like neglecting me a lot. Like I knew those things. And this, this kind of advice is saying like, oh, well, you just don't understand because your mom was trying her best. It's telling me that I don't really know what I know. And that's crap because like I'm the one that has the experience. I'm the one that has the evidence of what my specific mother was like. Uh, nobody dishing out this advice really knows enough to be making those calls, right? I said that I said that earlier. So this kind of advice just suggests that like all parents are unified <laughs> in what their intentions are. And that seems so bizarre to me, right? We get messages a lot in society that parents are good and they're doing their best and they're trying to do this for their kids. And every time we hear it, it feels bad. I think it feels bad. You can let me know, right? You can um, you can send me an email, Dr. Louise at Empowerment Through Thought. You can hit me up on Instagram at Empowerment Through Thought. Let me know, does, does this kind of advice, right? When people tell you like, oh, well, your parents were just doing the best they can. Does that really, does that really hit you? bad? Does that make you feel more isolated? My guess is that, that it does. And we don't need that. We don't need that energy. We are not here for that. We are here to advance our healing and to help ourselves, you know, do, do better, feel better, live, move towards a better, brighter future. We do not need this kind of stuff in our lives. So the last point I want to talk about today is that this, this advice, assuming parents do the best they can, it is assuming that all parents are fundamentally good. Okay, that's a philosophic perspective, right? Um, in philosophy, we sometimes explore these ideas of like, oh, are human beings a good thing? Are they, you know, are they fundamentally good? Are they fundamentally bad? You know, what, what is their true nature? We, we explore these kinds of questions. And this one, assuming that parents do the best they can for their kids, is an assumption that parents are good and they always have good intentions towards their children. But of course, there is nothing about the biological duties of a parent that automatically makes them good. Giving birth to a human being doesn't automatically make you good. Just like giving birth to a human being doesn't automatically make you bad. Donating sperm to the creation of a human being doesn't automatically make you good or bad. That's, that doesn't make any sense, right? Like these are just biological activities that ordinary humans engage in. You know, in fact, for some, for some folks, for some parents, their mental health is so severely compromised that even those most primitive biological calls to support their children completely fail. 
this was the case with my with my mother right i i obviously don't remember but when i was born um you know i i've had a relationship with my i have two aunts on my dad's side of the family and um they were they generally had good relationships with their kids, right? A little bit rocky here and there, as most families are. But in general, they they were good with children. Um, in general, overall, my dad's side of the family was good with children. Things got more complicated as the, uh, the children grew up. But at, when they were babies, when they're kids, you know, they're cute and they're lovable. And they're, you know, my grandma loved being around babies and all this stuff, right? My aunts have shared with me that when my mother was holding me, they could see the disconnect. They could see that my mother was not bonding with me the way most mothers do when they are holding their newborn baby. Okay, so even when I was like fresh out of the womb, right? it's my first few days on earth. There were other women in my family who could see that there was a disconnect between my mother and me, right? So if you want to say there's some kind of biological thing that kicks in with parents and their offspring, if you want to make that argument, you've got to contend with the fact that there are some situations where people's mental health is so messed up that it overrides those maybe foundational biological urges, right? Or I don't know how to talk about it. I'm not a biologist, but right. Like whatever that thing is when like mom's supposed to look at her new baby and be filled with like warmth and care. And, you know, obviously it's a complicated relationship dynamic because babies are also very demanding, but there's supposed to be some sort of connection there. And even on that very basic level, my mother was not able to make that connection. So what why what does that mean why is that important well it's it's like more reason to be like it's a bunch of crap to assume that parents are fundamentally good there's nothing about the biological role of being a parent that's going to make you fundamentally good there's nothing about that role that necessarily means you're going to have certain intentions towards your kids it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to treat them good just because they're your offspring that doesn't that just doesn't make any sense. There's counterexamples from my experience, but I'm sure I'm sure y'all have some some counterexamples. I'm sure we could think of others if if we worked at it. So that's mm, we don't we do not like this assumption, right? I think at the end of the day, people are just going to be people. They're human beings. We are complicated entities. Certainly, some people are good. And I would say that at least some people act very badly if they are not actually fundamentally bad. <laughs> I don't know what my philosophic view on whether people are fundamentally good or they're bad or something. My instinct is it's somewhere in the middle, right? I think most human beings are capable of good, but I think many human beings choose not to pursue that part of their capabilities. So it's, it's just very naive in, in my perspective, given how complicated human beings are. We have complex mental health stuff going on. Um, we just, we have different personalities or personality disorders, depending on who we're talking about, right? We're very complicated beings. And to take all of that complexity and just like squish it, just flatten it into this two-dimensional thing where we can just write down, okay, mom, dad equals good equals fundamentally good. Whew. 
that is not respecting how complicated the situation is. Right. So that to me, this is a way people cause us harm as survivors. They try to use these very simplistic explanations for complicated relationships and they force that onto us. Right. They're thinking, oh, well, parents equal good. So whatever you say about how your parents do not equal good, um, you're just confused. It's just a misunderstanding. Right. They're using a very, very simple. It's like a paint by numbers kit. And like you're over here, like your life is a Picasso. Right? Like your life's like this really complicated, impressionistic, like nuanced thing that has different meaning depending on how you look at it. And they're over here with a paint by numbers telling you, oh, well, you just don't understand painting so easy. It's so simple. Anyone can understand it. It's just, it's just insulting, right? It's just fundamentally insulting. I think it's very bad reasoning um, to think that all parents are doing the best they can. And I think at the end of the day, you know, what, what are we picking up on when somebody says that to us? I think what you're really hearing is that this person is uncomfortable with whatever you're talking about, right? They're uncomfortable with the fact that you're calling out your parents for being problematic because it makes them nervous that maybe they're a bad parent or it's making them feel nervous that maybe their parents weren't perfect. And rather than that person facing whatever stuff this conversation's bringing up, they'd rather have a cute little phrase so that they can exit the situation and not think about it. One of the challenges of being a survivor is in some ways our very existence, our very existence challenges how a lot of people see the world. And the truth is not everyone is up for the challenge. And rather than those people go and think about themselves, they push that crap onto us. They make us feel like we're the problem. And this assumption that parents always do the best they can is a big example of that kind of nonsense. And, and we don't have to take it, right? We are not here for it as survivors. We don't need it. And, you know, I, I think there's a lot of work that we can do as survivors and really kind of digging in and analyzing some of the broader assumptions that kind of contribute to the discomfort we have when we're around non-toxic people, when we're in society at large, right? There are a lot of assumptions that really rub us wrong, can trigger us, can make our experience harder. And, you know, analyzing assumptions like that is literally the work of philosophy, one of the main things I was trained to do as a philosopher is identify assumptions and to unpack them, right? To explore them and see how, like, what's the role they're playing in the way we're thinking about the situation. As a survivor, I think this, this ability to really identify and analyze these assumptions is really critical to reaching that thriving stage as a survivor. Because once you've unpacked the assumptions, once you've really taken a good hard look at it, you've really chipped away at it, you know, they, they're no longer so powerful. They don't rub you the wrong way. Now you can just be like, oh, that's cute. You're confused and uncomfortable, right? You don't have to carry those really big feelings. You might still have them. You might still have them, but they, they have a different meaning when you've really dug in deep and seen that like, this is a pile of nonsense on top of a pile of nonsense. So, you know, if, if you're interested in it, maybe exploring some more of maybe society's assumptions that might be contributing to your challenges as a survivor, or if maybe you have some of your own assumptions that might be 
making that journey a little bit more difficult. You know, I'd love to talk to you more about where you are in your healing journey and how I might be able to help you. As always, you can email me. It's Dr. Louise at Empowerment Through Thought, or you can hit me up over on Instagram. I'm just at Empowerment Through Thought. Thanks so much for joining today, and I will catch you guys in the next one. Bye-bye.